Welcome to In the Gutter, a podcast that is all comics, all bangers, all the time, with story expert Lonnie Diane Rich and superhero scholar Joshua Unruh. One of the hosts has read almost no superhero comics, and the other has read almost all of them. We'll let you sort out which is which. And now, In the Gutter. So the story that I wanted to tell you this week <laughs> is the story of how I achieved peak white lady over the holidays. Um, Unexpected so, achievement know, unlocked. Cannot wait to hear. Unlocked. It's so cute. Um, and I will put a picture. Uh, to I have visual aids. I'll put a picture in the in the show notes. Um, but anyway, so I, it's, it's like Christmas Eve. You know, my kid came in from Columbus kind of last minute was a decision we decided to do. Um, I didn't really have any, you know, like I don't usually do like a big Christmas thing, but I had a couple of stockings. I was like, let me go fill the stockings. So one of the things that uh, my husband Ian uh, needs are very like specific coffee mugs like you know he's a big guy so he needs to have like a big handle and then he needs to like the um for the rim to be like a certain bit wide and for the thing to be a certain bit tall and the thing is that i I haven't been able to find like the right mugs for him (laughs) so i went and i found this one mug and it was really cute and it said coffee and it was absolutely perfect and i figure it says coffee so like that's perfect because that's what it's for it's for his morning coffee um, and then I found another one that had like a face of a guy on it. And it said, keep making progress. Right. So I got that one. I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. He's going to love it. And he's also that kind of guy. Like he's that kind of guy. He's always making progress. He's always working on himself. Like he's just that's how he is. Right. So I figure, you know, knocking it out of the park, I go, I get like, you know, chocolate candy and stuff for the stockings. I fill them all up. I've got socks and, you know, gloves and stuff for my kid and all this stuff. So we get Christmas morning. And as Ian is unpacking his stocking like suddenly something clicked in my head and I was like oh wait a minute and he pulls out like the coffee mug and it's perfect and cute and wonderful and that's great and then he goes to back and gets the second mug and as he's pulling it out I'm like I I think I bought you a black power mug um, and then as he holds it up like there's the face of a man and it says keep making progress and I realize that it is definitely a black man you know, and that the progress we're talking about is like, you know, the black power progress, right? Uh-huh, Which I'm absolutely uh-huh. like totally into. So, but it wasn't an intentional thing. And so me, like, as soon as that starts happening, I'm doing my white lady calisthenics, right? I'm like, okay, let me check. Um, you know, I bought this. I didn't mean to. Does that mean I don't see color? Because I see color. Like, I understand that is part of the whole beauty of a human is everything that they are and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> okay, I've got that. Um, you know, did I buy it from a company that is, is black owned? Because I figure if it's black owned, then it's okay that I buy this this mug, you know? Um, so I'm doing all of this in my head. And then and I was like, well, you know, in this house, and and this and part of this joke is that like my kid and and my husband both know that I absolutely detest those signs. Oh say, right! In this house, we live, laugh, love, like all of that kind of stuff. Like I just I hate that. But I'm like in this house, we support Black Power. Like we love Black Power. We're all for it, you know. And as I'm saying that, I mean, part of it is a joke, but part of it is also I'm doing the calisthenics in my head and making sure that I am I am correct on all of the levels here that I could possibly have done this wrong. And my kid just looks at me and goes, you are such a white lady, mom, you know? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, we, Checks out. We know this is true. What? <laughs> exactly. And stares like, in horror. Legit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I have done, the re- I've been looking up the company and I cannot find it anywhere. 
like anywhere. And I'm like, I, I will bet you anything that this company is owned by two blonde white girls in their early 30s, right? Um, <laughs> we just feel so, really strongly about the movement. So we thought we would make this coffee mug like support it. Yeah, that's what it I is. Because I thought it would be really nice because I really like the design of it because I saw it when I was on a trip somewhere. I can't remember where, but it was like, you know, I think Africa, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I'm really hoping that the company that I bought it from is black owned. I'm still trying to find that information, but they're nowhere on the Internet. So it makes me feel a little bit nervous. Listeners, I <laughs> need assistance. I need an embroidered throw pillow done in the most grandma style possible. Like daffodils around the edges, little vines and shit that says, in this house, we support the black power movement. I will absolutely display that proudly all over my I will pay for it and Lonnie will display it. All right, everybody, you have been given your assignments, and now our assignment this week is to talk a little bit more about Josh's favorite comic, which has been taking a bit of a battering from me um, so far. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see where we go from here. Also, I've, I've really had this big turnaround where I was like, oh no, I gave Lonnie something she hated. Have I betrayed the all-bangers ethos? of in the gutter and then i was like no. no it's fucking fantastic everybody else can just be wrong it's america everybody else can just be wrong <laughs> also that is the no, thing too no, yes that's like, yeah that is not an attack i'm are saying subjective there is and a certain I amount of that, subjectivity like, yes yes look and also this is chipperish media what is our motto um start some shit <laughs> about buffy <laughs> it's love what you love man You've no i know what it actually years. is I know. It's love what you love. That's right. Love it's what you love, love what you love and absolutely support that. And I'm trying, I am working, working on my love for Patsy Walker Hellcat. I'm going to give them this summary and then I want to talk about it because I feel like yeah. we're running up to the places where you might start to get where I'm coming from. So. Okay. In summary, Snowball Effect Part 3. Patsy has to win her animal companions over to her side. She's got to wrestle a wolf and make it say her name. She's got to apologize to the antlered polar bear whose skin she ripped off, but that's going to take some real mystical shenanigans. Plus, she's got to catch a lemming that bites, all while making nice with a talking stone map and wrecking her car several times in two different parallel timelines. Sorta. Magic's weird. In the end, she gets on the right track and then finds a pirate ship trapped in the ice? Actually, a pirate ship might make sense because there be monsters. Monsters who know Patsy is coming and are none too happy about it. All right, I want to hear your overall response first before I give mine. Okay, I mean, I mean I'm, a, I'm low-hanging fruit. I'm a softball. I'm a meat and potatoes pitch. I still really like it. I mean, this. Yes. in fact, this issue has a couple of the lines of dialogue. In fact, it has the line of dialogue that I can point to and say, and that's the moment that I fell in love with Patsy Walker is in this oh. issue. Like, because oh, I said in the first one, I've liked her a lot because of all these meta mm -hmm. reasons. And I read a bunch of the Avenger stuff she was in, blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. I kind of went out on a limb and just grabbed this because I liked the art and blah, blah, you know, et cetera. And it was, then it was this issue. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Uh -huh. I'm in love with this fictional character. 
this so. issue specifically. So this is going to be a really important episode of In the Gutter. And I'm very interested in seeing what that is. I imagine that's going to be your favorite part at the end. It is. talk about that? It is. 100%. That bit of dialogue. All right, all right, all right. All right, good. Um, all right. So as we know, the first couple of issues were hit or miss, mostly miss for me with uh, with Patsy. Um and in this one, I will I will say, and there's I say this a lot, and every single time you tell me no, you got it, but I have no idea what what is going on. In this okay, issue. this is the one I'm where you might mm-hmm. like I've read your mm-hmm. notes. You do know what's yeah. going on. The fact that it only vaguely coheres together is a feature, not a bug. But a everyone's feature, mileage bug, yeah. may vary, right? This is that Alice in Wonderland <laughs> thing we talked about last episode. Right. You know, that like right. you're Absolutely. you gotta be in for that kind of that kind of stuff. But you do That's always rough get for it. me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, good. Good. As long as I understand what's going on. Um so there were moments that I liked. Uh mostly I think this is a fever dream. Um yes, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Like those those kinds of stories can be very interesting, very full of meaning and metaphor and all of that kind of good stuff. Um, but I just struggle when I can't lock into a consistent world reality. Um, and this story has a lot of things, but it does not have a consistent reality of, of any kind. Nope. And the thing is, I think like there was a certain point when I was reading this where I was like, I, I realized that I recognized that I honored my struggle. Right. I honored that this is a place <laughs> that does not come easily to me. And I was like, OK, what we're going to do is we're just going to go for, go with it. Like, yep, we're yep, yep. just going to ride, you know, so um, I'm in for the ride. And this is the issue that I've hated the least. And I have to say, <laughs> I Damning hated it the least out praise. of all three. No, I hated it the least out of all three. But there were a couple of moments that I really liked. And the more I thought about them, and this is one of those things. This is like, I love when a story is like gum that you chew that gets more flavor yeah, as you yeah, go, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that this is an instance of that, because when I first read it, I was a little overwhelmed by all of the what the fuck. Right. Um, and so that kind of threw me off. And then the second time I read it, I was like, oh, love this. Love that. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of things in there um, that I think are really great. And I am very excited to talk about it with you. OK, fantastic. That We'll do this more as we go. But that also I feel like really paves the way for issues four and five as well so awesome this may retroactively have you appreciating the first couple issues more if not we will all survive and start reading some captain america comics but (laughs) (laughs) if it does work that way i will not be surprised All right, so I have some excellent news for you, Joshua. You're going to be so proud. I have once again discovered within myself the ability to tell the difference (laughs) between the cover page and the title page. (laughs) I'm very excited for you. I also want to renew my insistence that this is largely the Kindle's fault. Okay, like it's or at least it's as much the Kindle's fault. I don't I don't know that I necessarily as someone because here's the thing is that like, you know, as much as I consider myself, quote unquote, new to comic books at this point, I've been doing the Sandman (laughs) podcast since April of last year. It's been or actually it's been, I think, almost two years that we've been doing the Sandman podcast. Um, I've been reading these with you. This is our second season. Like, I think at this point, I really can't just sit here and be like, oh, I'm a neophyte anymore because I'm fucking not like. 
I should know better. Fair um, enough. But I was very proud of myself this week. You know, again, like we were talking about before, a little rusty. I was a little rusty coming back into the podcast, but now I got I got my my wheels on and I'm ready to go. Um, so on the cover page. We have Patsy with her hair fiery and flying out, riding a huge wolf with glowing red eyes through a herd of bunnies with glowing <laughs> red eyes. Shout out to Anya for anyone who watches Buffy. Uh, and there's a horned polar bear with glowing red eyes chasing her. Um, Patsy does not seem in the least concerned at all about this situation, um, which brings to mind, to me, it feels like an argument about courage versus stupidity. But again... Like, I am not completely, like, energetically aligned with Patsy right yet. So my ability to read everything perfectly, like, I'm definitely open to the fact that I could be wrong about that. But I'm just saying, as I looked at this, I was like, courage versus stupidity. This is the visual image for that idea. Look, when you first start out and just go, yeah, I'm going to fuck with the Avengers in my lab coat. Everything will be fine. Maybe not the smartest thing ever. But at the point... That you get your costume and you've been running around and you've, you know, been to hell and been a gladiator for Satan himself. There might be a point where you're like, you know, largely I'm going to be okay. Like it can't be worse largely. than that time. Well, and we get a little bit of that in uh -huh. this, uh, in this she, issue. Yes. We're not there yet. Oblique yeah. mention is made of exactly mm -hmm. that thing. So, yeah, that's the description of it. And I think it makes Patsy look super badass. I really, like it's a hardcore cover. Like it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Including the fact that there are bunnies that are adorable and terrifying at the same time. Uh, shout out yes. to Benicula, right? Like terrifying, <laughs> but also a cute little bunny. Um, I just really feel like the weirdness of this cover with Patsy's like, it's fine, I got it, is yeah. sort of the apotheosis of her, right? Like my life is loopy, but I can fuck you up if I have to. I'm Patsy Walker <laughs> Hellcat, you know, so. Uh, yeah. Also, bit mm -hmm. of trivia, um, I didn't dig it up because it's not really that impressive the concept uh -huh. is more interesting but marvel was doing the month that this came out some kind of like ape or monkey related uh like storyline or or they were just uh -huh. doing these variant covers where the character on the cover was also a baboon or whatever so there is a version of this where patsy is a monkey um if anyone wants to look it up it's it's good it's good but it's not oh, like modok good so I didn't right. want to, yeah. you know, I didn't think it would yeah. be quite the level that our listeners have come to expect from my <laughs> blind reveals. But it's good because well, it's otherwise the same cover. Search for that. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. You totally should. Everybody should go look. Uh, uh, it's fun. It's literally the exact same cover, but she's um, got monkey face out of the bottom of All her right. outfit. So I definitely will need to see that. Um, <laughs> but moving on to the interior art. Um, in the title page, we have Patsy hugging this monstrous wolf that yep. looks to be roughly the size of a three-story building. It's eyes glowing red, its teeth super sharp, uh, and telling it to say her name. It responds, Manslayer, and she says, wrong, try again and make it pretty. <laughs> and the art is great, but I, I yeah. clearly 
really have not reached like the level where I get Patsy. I feel very close. I feel like I'm getting closer <laughs> to understanding Patsy. But what it brought to mind immediately when I saw it is this guy on TikTok who is at Best Fetch Dog, and he's hilarious. He's like animal rights guy. He's really, but he does this thing where he's like, white women ain't scared of shit. He has this whole thing, um, and I'll go ahead. I'm going to play some audio from one of those TikToks. It's hilarious. Go find him. Go follow him. He is delightful, um, but it's hilarious. So here it is. Whoa. Check out this black wolf discovered in Yellowstone. This thing. A white woman will walk through Yellowstone Park in some flip-flops and short pants, go up to that big-ass black wolf, pull out some Costco wieners, lure him into the Subaru SUV, take him through Coffee Bean drive through get him an extra-large puppuccino, put a t-shirt on him that says, I love mama, take him home, and say, we just picked him up, and we named him Hudson. <laughs> Coming back from, from Best Fetch Dog. That is hilarious. That is absolutely the energy that I am picking up from Patsy in this cover is that white women ain't scared of shit thing. Um, But immediately after she has this, this thing is like three stories tall. And my response was like, and then she fits a three story tall wolf inside of her car. And the thing is, like, I just want to take a step back and say, first of all, I am the one who says that fiction is not answerable to reality. And also, we are in Alaska with magical bears that have antlers. And when their skin gets pulled off, it's glitter. Right? Like, why... Am I focusing on this dumb little detail of like, how did she fit that dog into her car? It's ridiculous. <laughs> I I love that you did that specifically. I had not even thought about this, but I wrote a Viking fantasy novel yes. that has a giant wolf monster in it who in the true nature of mythology is not consistently sized. Like that was right. that was on purpose mm-hmm. by me. And somebody who reviewed it, like like uh, uh, like gave me an Amazon rating, pointed that out. And I was mm-hmm. like, "Good lord, people actually no. read and pay attention." So it's just funny because I did that on purpose, and I think that they're kind of mm-hmm. doing that too. Like again, it's that fever dream, it's Alice magical. in Wonderland, right? It's right. a magical glowy wolf that speaks. Why am I worried about its consistent sizing? Like, no, this is like, this is a criticism that is actually of me. Like, I am not, it's just that I started writing those notes and I was like, how did she fit it into the car? And I'm like, what am I, why am I, what, what am I what? concerned with? This is not, uh. this is not a comic book that is like gritty reality. I mean, this is clearly out there and I am resistant. I am resisting the Patsy Walker energy. And I think the problem here is me. So, so in talking to the story response, wait, <laughs> you, yeah, you remind me, this is okay. Your reaction to this wolf reminds me of a story that I heard Mark Hamill tell about, mm-hmm. um, uh, Harrison Ford when they were in Star Wars <laughs> yeah. that like they come out of the trash compactor you know and Luke's mm-hmm. hair is dry suddenly and um, Mark Hamill you know is like whatever he's like 18 19 years old like you know and he's yeah. uh, he's like uh, uh, continuity people like I'm really worried about this like I don't my hair was sopping wet like in the last scene and now it's completely dry <laughs> I'm really worried that people are gonna you know notice and Harrison Ford you know who's a little bit older than, than him yeah. and Carrie Fisher like comes over and he's like Listen, kid, if they <laughs> if they notice the difference in your hair, we're in a lot of fucking trouble. It ain't that kind of movie. <laughs> 
Oh my God, that is absolutely the line. <laughs> yeah. I want you, whenever I pull this bullshit, I want you to say, hey, Lonnie, it ain't that kind of movie. It ain't that kind of movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here in my story response, in the notes, it's just, I have no idea what's going on. Every time I tell you, in every every time we've done this, and I say, I have no idea what's going on, then I go through and I explain everything that I saw and that I read, and you're like, yeah, you're getting it. And I'm like, how is it possible that I'm getting it? Because none of this makes sense to me. Look, there's some, um, I'm going to tell you, there's some details that you read yeah. uh, differently than I would read yeah. them, of course, but there is like, this is a weird magic story like there's room for ambiguity in there uh it but is weird. but but yeah. the bro- broadly like you're at least mm-hmm. following the beats now why the question of why is any of this happening no that's not it ain't that kind of movie right it like, ain't that kind of movie kid, yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> all right so we start with this whole thing right you there's this moment that's one of the moments that i really liked you knew to ask for your name right um so you knew she was going to get me with that give me identity stories i'm absolutely in so this is like the access point for me for patsy this is the moment where i was like oh okay so we're doing identity stories love it love it love it let's go um so when she met the women right they stopped her before she named herself Yes. Um, which is a which is a moment that I didn't really like grok onto yeah. in the original when we first talked about it. But now I went back and I looked at it again. I was like, hey, hey, yeah. they're doing a thing, right? Um, so they stopped her before she could name herself um, and said, a name is never a simple matter. And then they named her double-clawed cat full of red hellfire with her head against the wind and comes not quietly from the Great Sea Road, right? Which seemed like a joke, Right. Like it was it was just like kind of a slap at Patsy and yeah. making fun of also the way that some indigenous cult- cultures will name people and things. And, and, and it becomes a deeply meaningful, you know, but sometimes a little bit long, um, you know, uh, name. So then we have uh, Patsy responding with any neophyte knows you have to ask for your name. Right. So she's listening. You yeah. know, um, even though she does not appear to be listening to anything, when she comes into Mans- to the wolf, she's like any neophyte knows. Even though when she was back with the women, she did not know. But that shows that she was actually paying attention and listening to and respecting them. Dig it. Totally dig that. <laughs> okay, there's some different uh, yeah. ways to, to read that a little bit. I, I okay, okay. N- names are all, not a lot different, but like, and this mm-hmm. may be me giving more uh, competency points to Patsy than you're prepared to at this point. But again... Because of the nature of her life and her powers, like, she runs into Mm -hmm. weird magic-y shit all the time. Yeah. And one thing that's fairly consistent across cultures, across, you know, thousands of years, is that, like, names are vitally important, but both Mm -hmm. in a mundane way, but also, like, I got to take my passport to get on the cruise ship or my social security card, like, in a mundane way, but in a magical way. Mm Like, your true name, capital T, capital M, like, that's how you mm-hmm. command demons, is knowing their name. Mm-hmm. That's how you can call them to yeah. command. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, those things are... So, because she's run... There's, this is one of those, like, well, I know not to touch the live wire, you know, kind of thing. Right. So, I do mm-hmm. think she actually knew about the name. And, uh, like, that. that's to be aware of names. So, as soon as they called right. it out, she was like, got it. Right. I got it. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. But and again, to go to read it backwards, I think that that's part of why she was being so short with them, because she was like, I basically get it. Just be specific, which none of them were specific Mm -hmm. about. But here she is paying attention when she needs to know. She knows. 
I like that. I like that. Um, and we have the wolf names her Manslayer and then calls her by the exact name that the women gave her. Uh-huh. So so it knows her name. Um, and they said that if a magical creature calls her name and she answers, their power becomes hers. Right. Mm-hmm. So here we have. I guess the wolf's power is now hers, although like what the wolf's power specifically is and how that has translated to Patsy, I I was not clear. Is they're, that in this? They're going to hang around. Did I miss it? Basically, okay. they the, the animal companions become sidekicks. Like they stay with her. So all right, they are all right, there right. to so do things. So their power becomes hers in the they're fact that it's team. not transitioning to her, but yeah. they are with her and they're going to fight for her. All right, yes. all right, all right. Um, okay, so they're driving through the tundra. And Patsy starts philosophizing, which was very unexpected, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, She takes exception to the title of Manslayer. She says she's never killed anyone before. And the wolf answers, your kind dies in many ways and for many reasons. And she argues that dead is dead. It's like trying to unsee something. You can't. Once it's happened, it's a part of you forever. And I was like, okay, awesome, read that two or three times and was uh-huh. like, Patsy is doing some shit here, right? You know, um, And of course she follows it up with, that's why I never set foot in a karaoke bar. But still, like, you know, I get, I get the need to make the joke, to finish with the joke when you're talking. But it's so funny because it feels like a trauma conversation or at least a conversation about how the things that happen to you become part of you. Yeah. And you will never be a person that that didn't happen to. And that yes. was one of the first conversations I had with my therapist when I was very, very, like, deep in my traumatic experience um, was that my therapist was like, yeah, you are never going to be a person that this didn't happen to. So you just have to accept that, you know, and you have to allow for that and, and let that be part of your existence. And so I really loved that she was having this discussion at that level with a magical wolf (laughs) in an SUV on the tundra in Alaska. Like all of that together, I was absolutely in. Um, Okay, then we move into the fever dream. And this is all the stuff where I'm like, I'm really not sure. And I read it a couple of times and I still... I think I've missed stuff. So like fill in any gaps if I've missed anything. But I was doing okay up until the car crash. Um, the stuff with the wolf was okay. I was starting to get a sense of what was going on. Then they start driving. She crashes the car into a black thing, which I came to realize like a tree at the edge of a forest. Um, and she hits her head. Then she goes to sleep next to the wolf. Then she wakes up and chases a lemming into a clearing where she is very, very cold and meets a woman who is basically like a ghostly constellation mirror of herself. Like the the constellation ghost looks a lot like Patsy and they have them in these in this mirrored stance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where they look a lot like each other. So, um. So she was talking about death right before hitting the tree. She snuggled up to the wolf and went to sleep in the freezing cold with a head injury. So I'm like, oh, she's dead. Like she has trans, like transitioned into the other world or whatever. Um, not that she seemed like she was in the normal world before that. But anyway, we'll just keep moving. <laughs> um, so she's told to apologize to the powerful companion that she left behind, which was the horned bear. Um I'm, and she says, I'm not really the one you want to send to any kind of underworld. It never works out. Um, but she already seems to be in an underworld. So I don't know. She's also chewing gum called lethal citrus, which feels so significant because the ghost keeps saying, I smell oranges. I smell lemon. And then Patsy eventually says, I'm chewing gum. And she shows lethal citrus. And it is like a panel just for her hand holding lethal citrus. Does that have some significance? Like, are, is that a brand in the Marvel Universe? Is there anything? There's nothing to it. Okay. I don't want to say there's nothing to it. But I think that this is <laughs> one of the 
more particularly difficult to entirely parse with the information we're given. So, like, I think that there's a lot of stuff this could be and a lot of different Mm -hmm. ways that it could that it could matter. Right. Like, so I and and one thing I don't want to, like, over deepen this comic book, Mm -hmm. but I do actually appreciate that they're doing a bunch of like fairy tale magic stuff and saying Mm -hmm. may or may not have an explanation, you know, draw your own conclusions, like does not hold our Mm -hmm. hand in a really different way than like Morrison doesn't hold our hand in JLA. Right. Right. Like it's the same kind Mm -hmm. of like, you'll get it. Come on. But, but like it it just, the, the, the mouthfeel of it, I guess is really different, even if it's kind of the same thing. Right. I don't have a better. (laughs) Yes. Um, no, I like it. I like it. So, I, okay, I'm really torn, honestly, on whether the spirit that looks just like her is, yeah. is it like a great spirit of the North that ha- like took mm-hmm. her form to have a conversation with her? Because again, they make such right. a big deal about the temperature drop because it's, I'm sure it mm-hmm. wasn't warm before, and but it gets right. particularly cold. You know? Yeah. And it reminds me that, like, when she first changed into her costume to fight the antlered bear, Uh she mentioned how cold it was. And is that just because she shrugged out of her civilian clothes? Or or is that a thing? When the magic happens up here, it's... Because I feel Mm -hmm. like that's when she mentioned her wardrobe with the... Yeah. The seven women, too, is that she was saying, it's so cold here. And there's, again, like, a mystical center. So, is it that? Is it her higher self? Because that might mm-hmm. be a thing, like your higher self that just understands right. things at a different level and is like, yeah, you know, you kind of low-key fuck this up. Go. Is she dreaming? Is yeah. she or dead? Or is she, is she, I know she's not what dead. Is, yeah. I know she's yeah. not dead Um, mm-hmm. because the rest of the story happens. Like she's not, and and right. the wolf is but there. But she says right before this, you can, you can be undead. You can, you can, That's like, once you died, you can become undead. Okay. And so in this moment, I'm like. <laughs> okay, I should speak to that specifically. Remember, she, tr- trigger warning for self-harm, she killed herself after she saw the face of Satan. Yes. Went to hell. Mm-hmm. And it went poorly. That's the reference she's <laughs> making. You can't send me to any kind of underworld. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then came back, right? So I, like, yeah. I think, and and other people she knows have done not the same thing, but, you know, similar things, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I think that's part of the undead conversation, but also part mm-hmm. of the undead conversation is specifically tied to broken hearts, right? Because okay. what I really, I right. want to take a step she back to the wolf and her because, heart, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. De- and dead mm-hmm. is dead. That's for sure. And then and the wolf's like, dead. you know that's not true. And what right. it's just really interesting because, like you kept saying, philosophical discussion, which I think is right on because they mm-hmm. don't, agree but they're not arguing and they almost seem to hand the point of view a certain point of view back and forth between them you know because he's calling Mm -hmm. her manslayer but she's never murdered somebody and then Mm -hmm. she's saying well there's lots of ways to die and he's like no no you know that isn't it's just like Uh very multi-layered so anyway i don't i don't think she's dead because she doesn't have to come back from it which is okay. kind of a, like, I'm just, you know, there's right. a meta thing there, but also, like, in the story. Also, I don't think you say this magical world feels kind of, like, underworldly to you. And I think I get what you mean. But I think it's more, like, overworld. Like, this is uh-huh. this okay. is the most real Alaska, right? Like, she's uh-huh. not in normal Alaska, but she's not not in Alaska either. Like, it's the, it. 
the augmented reality of magic, right? There's more going mm-hmm. on than we can perceive with our senses. And Patsy is right. now so deep into it, you know, mm-hmm. because of the one sense that got her, you know, started that way. Right. And then she's given a job. So I, yeah, I think that she's more like taking steps into a wider world or a wider Alaska more than it's some other, you know, like, like Irish mythology, there was a lot of talk about the terrain of Ternalia, the other world. And if you think real hard about it, whatever information you get, it's basically Ireland flipped. Right? Yeah. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's the vibe. And I think that's the kind of like the fairy tale down, mythology right? vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except okay. it's not a whole other place. It's more like your eyes are open to the things that were going on all around you all the time anyway. Interesting. Yeah. Inter- I think metaphorically, yeah. that is a really, really interesting place to kind of play in. Um, all right. But then her ghost constellation, higher <laughs> self or, or being that whatever borrowed her, whatever this is, um, tells her to lie by the grave and that the map will lead her to the body right yeah so she goes back she opens the the back door of the suv there is the uh the the map um the stone map she strikes a match on the stone map to get light i guess is what she's trying to do um and then throws it down the the map says throw it down and she does what the map tells her throws it down and a forest of black trees catch immediately on fire and just burn, right? Um, <laughs> Which her, so, her dialogue, yes. her, her little, or I should say monologue, I guess, really cracked yes. me up. Like, uh, this just in, Hellcat burns down Alaska. Yes. Iron Man says, not my fault. Hellcat says, is too. Is I love too. it. I love it. <laughs> All right, so now all of the trees have burned down, um, and that's when she sees a crashed SUV that looks exactly like a ghost version of the vehicle that she is near and that she has crashed, right? Um, so there's a dead person inside uh-huh. with the National Gravi- with the National Geographic magazine that Patsy had. So I'm presuming that this is dead Patsy. Um, and she actually says, it's us, it's the same truck, Right. So then we get lie by the grave, right? And she interprets that, right, in the tricksy way. So she says a bunch of things that are true. And then the lie, everybody loves me. And this is another part that I absolutely love in this because we get some vulnerability from Patsy and it's really, really nice. Um, And so that is the lie. You know, and she's sort of wrestling with that. Right. You know, um, the lie brings the horned bear back so that she can then apologize. But out of nowhere, we get this like great moment of vulnerability where she apologizes and says she doesn't know what she's doing. And that often when things work out, they work out at the expense of others. Now, I know that I have recently had like a peak white lady experience. (laughs) And so I'm in this like white woman space and we are talking about like how she is bringing me that white women ain't scared of shit thing which is also (laughs) kind of funny um but it sounds kind of like a white woman grappling with the destructive effects of her blithe whiteness you know like the 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 thing that you that will happen that part of who you are hurts people and sometimes you're not even aware of the ways in which it hurts people yeah you know um and i i may be reading a bit too much into that you know, um, but it just feels like a lot of the energy that Patsy has. And so this is something, of course, because I've been thinking about that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think that that's it's just kind of like an interesting way in which that particular line hit me. Um, and then I love this. She is humble 
I'm sorry. I'll do whatever you want. Just ask. She's not being a wise ass. She's not slapping him in the face. She's not pulling the glitter out. You not know, yet. she's just. <laughs> she, yeah. She has, it's a moment. I'm not asking for a lot from Patsy. We have a moment without her doing glitter murder. Um, So the bear says, bury the man as she's holding the dead arm. But the dead arm I thought was hers and she is not a man. And she says, okay, you mean this guy talking about the arm that I thought was hers. That was where it all fell off the rails for me. Because I'm like, did I not read any of this? So did I, where did I go wrong? Um... There is a piece to fully flesh out that scene that you don't have yet. Uh, oh, okay. I will say it's a little bit of a spoiler, but I'm not revealing the big thing. The stone map has not always been a stone map. Interesting. Okay. And All the right. witches, or whatever you want to, you know, the sisters, whatever you know, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, know him, obviously, and Mm -hmm. probably the truck that took him into the Great White North all these times ago. Interesting things. Okay, I'm I'm interested in, but there are going to be answers about that coming. It is. Now, look, they do not make it explicit. (laughs) They do not make it explicit. You just find out some stuff later about the stone map. And then if you come back Mm -hmm. and read again, as I have, you go, oh, shit, I think that that's him. Then it, whatever, you know, depending on the perspective. So, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, It being Patsy would have been interesting, but it's not wearing her costume. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and the National Geographics were kind of a surprise to her, but she figured out when they said uh, the ice holds things over time, Mm -hmm. ice ships, skin ships, yellow bones Mm -hmm. and yellow pages. She was like, what? So it's not her National Geographic and oh i yeah. thought it was because it's in the car it's in her version of the car as well yeah but it's not hers okay fascinating stuff i have no idea what's going on it's all a fever dream that's uh, that's okay, so the just... other reason that i like again it's not yeah it's not explicit and obvious and sort of grounded in reality mm-hmm. but there is actually a firm or firmish, you know, footing going on underneath this. Uh-huh. But it's legitimately not entirely clear the warp and woof of it until you get, you know, all the way to okay. the end. All right. Uh, okay, so then she whispers some weird shit at the wolf. The wolf attacks <laughs> the bear. They fall into the earth, creating a hole that she pushes the truck into and then tells the bear and the wolf to stop fucking around and get in the car. Then the map starts giving her directions without insults this time. So there's that. Um, the bear and the wolf are running behind them and they land at what I thought was a tower in the ice. You said it was a ship in the ice. Yeah. Did it's I like a pirate that? ship. Yeah. 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 It's a like pirate a pirate ship, ship. frozen okay. in the ice. Right. And on top of which there's a man standing on one of the like turrets or whatever who says they're here. Man is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Cause that dude's got like tusks and a lot of <laughs> hair and fur, but yes, yes. It's, it's a dude. Of of some kind. I would yes. say there's dude energy there. Oh, there's definitely masculine energy, but human? Negatory, good buddy. Negatory. Negatory. Okay, okay. Um, so anyway, n- very little of this makes any sense to me. But as long as I didn't like miss anything too much. So I got the, I got the basic run of it. She's on 
a journey where she has to, it's, it's really is like a magical kind of hero's journey thing. She's got to like, uh, you're not going to get through it without your animal companions. So go find them and make friends. And I mean, like there is again, like an internal kind of fairy tale logic to the thing. And this is the little bit of a journey of self-discovery that, uh, Patsy has to go on so that she is prepared to fulfill her quest in the next couple issues. Interesting. Although she still does it in an extremely Patsy way. So God bless us, everyone. That's what I say. (laughs) Okay, we have reached the favorite part of every podcast where we talk about our various and sundry favorite parts. We break it down (laughs) into art and story on In the Gutter, even though in comics they are not technically two animals but just one yes uh but for you know sometimes you want to say this is the best art that i've seen even if it's not the best story beat and in i think that's in this case because the best art has got to be like there's not really a question i don't think it's got to be this splash page where patsy is meeting the ice nymph constellation higher self version of herself right like it's gotta be specifically that mere thing you were talking about like where they're looking over each other's shoulder Mm -hmm. like oh god it's so good it's so good it's really great we both picked the same art because it does stand out so much in this issue just how incredibly beautiful and evocative that imagery is Um, and I absolutely love the stuff that they're doing with constellations like some of the um, when she's looking into two different worlds when she's having memories of some of the previous issues we do have a constellation almost blueprint constellation sort of mishmash um, of the the images that are sort of faded from that world, you know, which which makes me feel like that's when she's looking into a world that is different from the one that she is currently in, that maybe that's how she sees things. And so maybe that's where this alternate Patsy is or if it is Patsy, we don't know who it is or or what. Um, But at the very least, it is an incredibly beautifully drawn um, page. I think I just I I think that you just accidentally further buoyed my this isn't a yeah. different world it's just the magical parts yeah. of our world because mm-hmm. like one of the most fundamental concepts of actual like like ritualized magic is that mm-hmm. which is above is as that which is below and that which is below right. is as that which is above so the fact that these constellations show up whenever real mystically shit is afoot Makes me mm-hmm. makes me think like again she's seeing more than she normally would and that pushes me towards that being her higher self more than anything and the fact that Maybe. they only kind of recognize each other is funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God, yeah, no, I mean it's I I think this is the kind of thing that once I'm done I'm gonna have to go back and read it again to kind of like see. Once I have like more information, yeah, the to bigger see picture, how the right to see how my response to it is different. Um, all right, so what is your favorite story beat? All right, you demons, I'm doing this my way. My real name's Patsy Walker, and I was insanely popular in high school. And I get everything I ask for, and some things I don't. And I always wanted to be a superhero, and everybody loves me. Oh, I yeah, love this that's a great moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is 100 percent the moment that I fell in love with Patsy Walker, both yeah. because of the cleverness of lie by the grave. Well, she was like, gross. I'm not doing that. Thank God for homonyms. That's amazing. Right. <laughs> um, it's also very magically. Very it's also very magic-y, right? Because like yeah. uh, the word mm-hmm. spell for cast one and the word spell for make words out of letters, not a different root word. 
right? Uh-huh, like same yes. for grimoire and grammar. Like these are these same. Mm-hmm. So so uh, yeah. So the homonym thing just made me happy. And then she just lists off all these things that mm-hmm. are uh, yeah not that are true, and then one that yep. isn't. And so I didn't put it here, like so I could quote it. But the the thing that just sells that moment for me as a story moment is that mm-hmm. that mo- the next panel, the giant fuck off bear is right there, and it goes, "That's the lie." Yeah. Like there's no yes. there's no like like light show or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. not there, and then it's there, and it's telling. Mm-hmm. And her response to this very plain "That's the lie" is like, "You think I don't know?" Everybody's been like at pains to tell me how much they hate me since I got to Alaska. You know, like she just she, and and um I think this is some of that self-awareness that yeah. I'm expecting to retroact. Like she looks like she doesn't care and she's not paying attention, but that's actually a defense mechanism. She cares a whole hell of a lot and mm-hmm. is really paying attention but has to like arms length the world after all the shit that she has you know gone through. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's it. That's my favorite bit. Uh, what about you, Lonnie? What's your favorite story bit? I have to say, like, it was definitely a, a tight call with the one that you chose. <laughs> and um, But I have to say, I think that my favorite was the death conversation. Yeah. I didn't say you can't get undead, but it's like trying to unsee something. You can't. Once it's happened, it's part of you forever. And I absolutely love that. That conversation was so deep and interesting and I think thematically relevant to everything that's going on here. Um, I'm really excited to see if they keep tumbling in things like that in the next couple of issues because I would really love to see that. Um, I think I can say it won't be quite as sort of Mm high-minded or philosophical as that, but I think Mm -hmm. you will see some clashes, more clashes, like between a mystical world, but also the mundane stuff that's underneath that. Because that right. that's the other okay. part of the mystical Alaska is they're not separate. It's just you right. aren't always dialed in to both. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so more, more on that as watch this space. More on that as it <laughs> progresses. Speaking of watching this space, we'll be back next week with Patsy Walker Hellcat number four, Snowball Effect part four, in which Patsy finally meets the missing princess and discovers that she is a teenage dirtbag, baby. (laughs) Until then, try again and make it pretty. Thanks for listening to In the Gutter with Joshua Unruh and Lonnie Diane Rich. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider talking about it with your friends, leaving a review somewhere, or supporting Chipperish Media, patreon.com slash chipperish.